and welcome to the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? What a weekend. What a weekend for just nonsense. I'm potentially staring down the barrel of 0-7. Oh, that's not fun. No, no, not good at all. It I was thought that a, was bad. Only no, it was, it was a terrible weekend. Terrible, terrible, terrible fantasy weekend. Um, but in spite of that, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. My allergies are killing me, but that's okay. My, my voice sounds better than it did uh, last week. If you listen to any of the, uh, the programs last week, I was very sick. I was very sick. And I still don't feel 100%. But it's more like it's more like nasally. Yeah, I mean, good on you for recording during that whole thing. Hey, as well, as a wise man once said, better record when you're sick. That's true. I did say that once. May have heard that a couple times, but it's true. Every yeah. any literally any time I wanted to record any voiceover, I'm like, man, my voice sounds incredible. I'm going to go into the studio and record something. It's nice and deep and raspy and, and, and sexual. Mm. Not unthinkable. Lovely. It's one of those things that's not like completely frowned upon because it was pre-pandemic. Now you're like, why the fuck are you coming in sick? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. So I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story about that. I mean, you, you brought it up, so I'll, I'll say it now. So I went to a, uh, I went to a book fair yesterday, Sunday. And it was basically for, it was like 40, 50 people, you know, free for all, you know, you, you get your books, whatever. And, uh, you know, you're done. Everyone was masked up. So it was just kind of like, you know, whatever, you know, is, is what it is. Everyone's fine, you know, doing that thing, doing that thing. And there was this one person that sneezed and about 15 people just immediately just went and completely turned their heads. See, who's the fuckhead that just sneezed? Yeah. And they were wearing a mask too. I think. Yeah, they sneeze into their mask. Big fucking deal. There were a lot of like tw- tweets about that, like that in the beginning of the pandemic. It's like you sneeze or you cough. Everybody looks at you like you have the plague, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what this poor woman felt when she, when she sneezed. Gotta be the worst feeling in the world. This poor woman. I felt terrible. I felt fucking terrible because she had to like announce that, like, oh, I'm fine. It's just a sneeze. <laughs> And she's wearing whatever. She's wearing a mask. It's yeah. supposed to protect two, about- two years ago, you fucking sneeze. Oh, God bless you. Oh, thank you. Now it's, oh, she sneezed. She sneezed got, in public. We got people fucking sneezing into their hands and then shaking their hands with you afterwards. Oh, two years ago. Into the, sneezing into their hands and shaking hands. I could think of a million things that might be worse that people do. Well, the people did. No, like two years ago, we had people with absolutely zero regard. Some or, people still have zero regard. I I never understood. Whenever I see somebody sneeze into their hands, both of their hands, I immediately lose like a shr- like a little bit of respect for them for doing that because it's just gross. They clearly didn't go to first grade because everyone knows you sneeze into your elbow. Yes, my mom sneezes into her shirt. Like, yeah, that's bad, fine. bad radio, but like she front of her shirt looks down. Sneezes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. But pull, yeah. pull, pull the shirt and you go and you go underneath. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, it's one, it's one way to do it. It's a method, but right because you're not going to be you're not going to be like potentially you know sticking your chest near your mouth. I mean, 
if you are, that's probably a you issue that I don't know, maybe uh, maybe you should be getting checked out or uh, you should be consulting someone that is uh, not on a fantasy football podcast for that. But, um, you know, there's more or less likelihood that, you know, you're not going to be putting your mouth towards your chest where you or someone else's chest when you're sneezing versus your versus your elbow, because this is this is, you know, your your arm is prime breathing in toxin territory. Whereas your chest, you know, not not so much. And again, you know, if you have any uh, any things that you do that involve, uh, you know, the chest area, then, well, I guess soap and water. Well, if you're if your mouth is that close to your chest, then I think your first point of call should be the Guinness Book of World Records, because that's <laughs> fucking impossible. Whipped cream and chocolate syrup. It's the only thing I got to say to that. That's just no. That mm, I I got nothing. I'll make those germs taste better. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my, my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's my favorite Seinfeld quote. What is there breaking news on the podcast? There almost was earth-shattering news. I looked at my phone and just because it just vibrated. I just half ass looked at it and I saw Houston releases Whitney. And based on my side eye, it's Whitney Merciless, by the way. Houston, Houston just released Whitney Merciless. But from no the way. Corner, but from the corner of my eye, I saw Houston releases Watson. Wow. I nearly fainted. I nearly fainted. Just po- just pointing that out there. Well, that's crazy. Well, for for damn near minute, it was Deshaun Watson. I I nearly. This was about to be an entirely different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. Anything uh, to get us away from talking about people putting their mouths on their chests. Shout out Bleacher Report. Was it Bleacher Report or was it The Athletic? It was Bleacher Report. Shout out Bleacher Report. At least Ian was like, Texans have released veteran pass rusher Whitney Merciless. Well, the notification on here, literally what I, what I can read without actually unlocking my phone, going into it and being rude on a podcast, is Hugh releases wit. Ellipses. Oh. And when you're side-eyeing it, it could be a whole bunch of different things. Understandable. Yes, but uh, yeah, over, overall, I mean, a lot, a lot happened this weekend. Oh, my God. There's, there's a lot to, to talk about. Wishes came true and dreams were dashed. It's, it's one way of thinking about it. And the Browns are still cursed. They are Would've still, thought. in fact, cursed. Yes. Would have thought. Uh, with that, also, Geno Smith is still Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it was fun because, you know, it's fun. You know, normally I'm like, I feel empathy for a lot of NFL players because I'm sure at heart they're nice people. And, you know, you don't want to be mean to somebody for no reason unless they torture your franchise for 20 years. But um, Jamal Adams saying that he's the best in the nation 
and then having a potentially game ceiling interception, just hit him right in the face. Thus helping the Jets get a better first round pick that they traded that they got in return for Jamal Adams is just poetry. Sleeper agent, Jamal Adams, double agent, Jamal Adams. I, I, I was very happy because I, you know, I don't know, just the way that he forced himself out of, of the, of New York and demanded to get traded to Seattle. And now he goes on, goes to Seattle and their defense is on pace to be like one of the worst defenses of all time for the second straight year. And he still only has two interceptions to his career. And I don't think he's even gotten a sack since he's been traded. It's crazy. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yes. But anyway, enough hey, about that. That could have been that could have been Dallas. I know. We'll keep going. We'll keep going for now. I, I have I have some other commentary I'd like to provide, but we'll see. Is, is it about Dallas? Could be. Thank you, by the way. Welcome. Fuck the Pats. How about them Cowboys? Woohoo! Adam, you want me to say it now? You want me to say it now? Sure. We're going to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. We're going. Adam, you had your rant about the Jets. I need to have my rant about the Cowboys. We're going to Adam. You said about the Jets. I'm saying about the Cowboys. We got our fandoms out of the way and then level-headed. Okay. You have a minute. I have one minute. Time me. And when the minute is up, stop me. Okay, hold on. Let me just get a get a timer up here on the phone. Get, do it right now. It's 31 on the recording. Oh. Too late. Do your timer. All right. <laughs> you, have, you have one minute. I have 60 seconds to get out what I need to say. Three, two... One. This is the part where everyone just starts to skip. Okay. That is a game that the Dallas Cowboys in previous years find ways to lose. That was sloppy. It was terrible. It was disgusting to watch. Connor Williams did his best to completely blow the game for us. But again, it's the magic of Dak Prescott. CeeDee Lamb is a beast. It's the most unselfish wide receiving core I've ever seen. Trayvon Diggs is the defensive player of the year. I don't want to hear otherwise. Dude is a monster. He is a fucking beast. 30 seconds. That bad, evil man, Bill Belichick, he took away Ezekiel Elliott. Smart plan. Dared Dak Prescott to beat him, and Dak Prescott beat him. And, you know, Dak is putting himself in the conversation for league MVP. Dallas Cowboys are 5-1. and We're going to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets now. Oh, I'm surprised. How much time do I have left? You have seven, six, five, four. We're the best. Dallas Three, Cowboys, the fucking two, best. One. Fuck the Giants. There we go. There you go. There we go. I wanted to get that out. I feel better. There's a beep in there, and that's my phone timer. I, I heard the beep. I heard the beep. Literally, as I said, at the end there is when the beep went off. That is going to be a, an adventure to cut out. Um, I'm going to leave it. Okay. I'm going to leave it. Come on. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that this is not, this is not advanced editing here. No, it is not. All right. So I guess you C know, plus quality for A plus entertainment. <laughs> it's usually how it works. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned Dallas and New England. So let's go into Dallas and New England. I mean, 
and Dallas, New England, and then also just quarterbacks in general, because Dak did have a really good day aside from the one pick, but he had three touchdowns, um, you know, 26 points, second overall on the week. Yeah. That is pending Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. Please, Josh, don't do this to me. I've backed you up your entire career. Don't do this to me. Let me have a win, please. I beg you. By the way, what's the worst record you've ever gone in fantasy? For a week? No, I mean like overall for a season. In in a oh, league, for, a, the... for a season last last year. Last year. I had a I had a team go uh two and fourteen. Ooh. That was because of Saquon. And my first five picks were all injured. Saquon, Joe Mixon, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a chance. No, didn't have a chance. But yeah, that was um, that was the worst year that I had. But I've never gone a week zero and seven. This could be the first time. Huh? This could be the first time. So well, I hope not, because you and I both. I need. I need to avoid. I need to avoid 74 combined points from Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And this is in the league where there's the mega bonuses. So people might say, oh, 74, you're fine. No, no, I'm not fine. Yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott had a great day. You were telling me that Kirk Cousins put up 50 in this weird ass league with he bonuses. He did. He put up a 50. God That's bless for- overtime. For us normies, he put up a 27.6, which is still good enough to be QB1 on the week yep. ending Monday. Yeah, and you know we were talking about Kirk Cousins, how you know he laid an egg against Cleveland, he laid an egg against Detroit, and you know going against Carolina, this is going to be the, uh, oh, Kirk Cousins going against the Carolina defense. You know what's going to happen here? Kirk Cousins was, was terrific, was absolutely terrific. But the problem is his schedule – after the bye is not good. The first three weeks after the bye at home versus Dallas, then he goes to Baltimore and then he goes to Los Angeles. So, and then he's home against green Bay, green Bay, though. You can pass on green Bay. You can definitely pass on San Francisco. You can pass on get this rematch against Detroit, Pittsburgh, Chicago, the Rams, then green Bay to close out the fantasy season. So I think after he gets past that week, nine week, 10 stretch, the rest of the season is okay for, for Kirk Cousins. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say good, I'm not gonna say terrible. It's 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 okay. Yeah. This week we were wrong about literally if you go back to our preview or waiver shows or whatever, and you listen and you jot down all of our takes and predictions, I think we were wrong on just about all of them. Um I mean, like what? Well, I mean, like Kirk Cousins, I think we were talking about how, you know, the Raiders were going to get killed by Denver. Well, yeah, that was that was the big one. That was the big one. But we weren't the only ones that got that got that wrong. The Raiders, the Raiders are four and two magically, magically. Um, and, and Teddy Bridgewater still had a very, very good game. That's true. I mean, the three picks kind of suck, but three touchdowns. It's very solid. 334 yards. I mean, he dropped back 49 times. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that, that London game was pretty crazy. Like Tua did 
see, the thing is, Tua got 21.2 points, but it didn't feel like he got 21.2 points. No, it did not. And I think Tua is very much the same. If we're going back to like Thursday, you can make the same case for someone like Jalen Hurts. It never feels like Jalen Hurts is ever going to have a great fantasy day, but some way, somehow, Jalen Hurts always pulls it out of his ass and has a great fantasy day. Always. But the thing is, it doesn't even look like it either. Like Tua looked, it kind of just like looked whatever, like average. Um, look at look at Jalen Hurts' stat line compared to Tua's. Jalen Hurts passed for 115 yards, 12 of 26 passing, one touchdown, one pick, but the man had two rushing touchdowns. It saved his day. Yeah. Saved his day, propelled him to top five on the week. Tua. Drop back 47 times, 329 yards passing, two touchdowns and a pick. You know, you, you get that high volume. Guess what? It's really good to propel. I mean, Kirk Cousins dropped back 48 times. Dak Prescott dropped back 51 times. And, and, and it shows. Yeah, I mean, and then the one outlier, really, in that regard is Matt Stafford, who just had a whale of a day against the Giants. I mean, four touchdowns. I mean, that'll... That'll definitely do it. And three quarters of them went like happened in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Another touchdown for Robert Woods. No good yes. news for any, for anybody that, uh, that started Robert Woods, you know, you got some of that, uh, that production there, but um, two touchdowns, Cooper cup balance to the forces is, re- is returned. Yeah. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Robert Woods has moment in the sun. Now it's time to get Cooper cup back to where he belongs. I mean, look, the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks for the most part, you know, you started the guys you were supposed to start. You know, they had a good week. I was actually fairly surprised at uh, Lamar and Herbert. I mean, it was a tough matchup for Herbert going across the country, playing different time zone. I mean, I, I always say, you know, when you have teams going west to east, it's never a good recipe and it's not going to necessarily be the best. And it proved so here. Baltimore's defense went back to being Baltimore. But even then, Lamar Jackson was very, very civilized. You know, he did not have an all-worldly day. So if you went up against Lamar and he only got those 11 points, you know, you're saying to yourself, wow, I got, I mean, I, I got off pretty good. I went up against Lamar Jackson. He didn't completely kill me. Overall, uh, overall good day. But now you're going into what... I like to call and what we have all been calling the apocalypse week seven. And we'll talk about that on the, uh, on the waiver show tomorrow. Cause I think that's the, uh, that's the plan. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on it, but I know I'm going to be doing a waiver show tomorrow. And well, the, Adam... the, Ra- the Ravens buy is week eight. Well, the chargers buy is, is next week. Yes. And so is the Vikings. It's the, uh, let me see if I can name them off the top of my head. It's the Bills, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Steelers. Do you say the Dolphins? No, I did not say the Dolphins. I would think the Dolphins have their bye because they were in London too. Do the Dolphins have their bye next week? Let's see. No, they don't. Why? No. That's dumb. <laughs> Very dumb. They have their bye in week 14. Oh, wow. That's, that's rough. That's rough. That is really, really rough. The fact that the Dolphins have their bye in, in week 14. That is, oh, God, that's brutal. Monumentally terrible. Yeah. Yeah, monumentally terrible. Um, All right. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, 
you were going to say something. Why don't you, you should start. I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I forget what I was going to say. Um, oh, oh no, I do know what I wanted to say. Um, Patrick Holmes needs to leave his family at home. I know this is always a sticking point with you for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I can't stand his family. Truly, I can't stand them. What is it this time? Did you not see what what uh, Jackson Mahomes did? No, I was busy. I was working. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And you've been living under a rock today. He apparently, posted because this is like all over the place. He posted a TikTok of him doing some some stupid dances on top of the 21 that was roped off that they had just retired for Sean Taylor. Oh, that's awful. That's yeah. Really, that's yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And his defense was that the Washington security team told them to stand there in the roped off area. I don't think that I don't think that's actually it's funny. I just mi- I almost missed that joke. Is he, he on drugs? I don't know. But you said Washington security team. I thought it was pretty funny. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyway. Yeah. I'm no. Here it, I'm here. All week. I'm here. All week. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here. Yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him. He sucks. That's, that's awful. I would be all in favor of Jackson Mahomes. Remember when I said, I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall because we had a nice conversation before we came on the air as we always do because Adam and I are such close acquaintances. Um, do you remember when uh, I said that I hope Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs get hit by a fighter jet and sent to the next galaxy tonight? Yes. We also said that you hope that they stub their toe in the shower. No, I said that about Josh Allen, but oh. I love Josh Allen. Great guy. Um, yeah. I, 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 I hope uh, Jackson Mahomes gets hit by a fighter jet and launched into the sun. Okay. Just want to point that out. I think it's just it's just incredibly poor taste to do that. You could and say that's, that. That's putting that's, it mildly. That is putting it mildly. I mean, listen, Juju dancing on logos is one thing. Mm-hmm. A man dancing on the number of the of a man who was murdered on the day that he they were going to retire his jersey mm-hmm. is a whole different can of worms and it is awful. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And I also want to say it the whole, uh, the whole, the way that the retirement ceremony was announced. It doesn't smell kosher to me. It's, it's like out of a scene from the office. Literally. Literally. Or, or a parks and rec. Whatever. Whichever mockument- show tickles your fancy, whatever mockumentary office job show you, you like to watch. It's, it's one of those fucking disaster. Yeah. Fucking disaster. They just use that to cover up the whole, uh, the whole team situation, but I know, I mean, this guy is like one of the most celebrated players in franchise history mm-hmm. in the, in this millennium, because obviously those old teams with Doug Williams and, uh, and George Allen are, are great, but John Riggins, yeah, John Riggins. Jet legend, John Riggins. Great guy. Um, but yeah, this, you, you can't do it like that. You really can't do it like that. No, no, but they could say it. They did it. And, you know, I guess sure. But for me was not, was not kosher given the, uh, the week that the Washington football team had. So. I mean, do you want to see how an actual honorary ceremony is done or even like a jersey retire? 
or even like a Jersey retirement or celebrating an anniversary. Look at what the Giants did celebrating their the 10th anniversary of Super Bowl 46. Or how about look what the Steelers did in honoring, um, I believe it was five or six members of their franchise that were inducted into their uh, ring of honor last night during the Sunday night game, two of which included uh, Bill Cower and Troy Polamalu. Yeah, it was the the players that were that not named Ben Roethlisberger because he's still playing, but the players that were in that Super Bowl against Seattle in in 05, I think. No, I don't think it was. Oh, it was I don't think a, it was. It was other. It was a players. I think it was a Ring of Honor. It was a Ring of Honor sort of deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. But that's, that's the way you do it. That's the that way is, you do it. Not not the way, the way that Washington decided to do it. But then again. This is a team that's owned by Dan Schneider. So we've come to expect this. Yeah, he, he's awful. How the hell did we get here? No idea. You want to move on to the running backs? Sure. I mean, if you oh, want we were to... talking about Jackson Mahomes. Yes. Jackson Mahomes. But yeah, let's move on to uh, to the running backs. And Adam, when you move on to the running backs, do me a favor. Um, read off the top six running backs for the week, please. This is a list. Yeah, top six, if you don't top, mind. Top six? If you don't mind. Playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, yep. is number one with 30.7 points. Fantastic. Next. It's a full point PPR. Yep. Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. 28.8. Yep. Your boy, your son, Joe Mixon. Great guy. Love him. 20, Next. 20, 26.3. Najee Harris, 24.7. Next. Tied with. Daryl Henderson Jr., 24.7. Hmm. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Hmm. Daryl Williams, hmm. 23.9. Yeah. Adam, Adam, you want to uh, tell the people what, uh, what happened this weekend? Or would you like me to? I convinced you, I convinced us to not start Daryl Williams because I thought that Melvin Gordon wasn't going to play. In my defense, you could have just said, I'm doing it. I don't care. I could have, but at the same time, I'm a nice person. This is a team effort. You basically said in the moment, you still like, I'm starting Javante Williams, but I don't like it. I'm like, that's the most passive aggressive way you could have said that. No, I, I, it, didn't mean, it, it didn't mean to come off as passive aggressive. I mean, look, I started Javante Williams in another league. He completely sucked dick and balls. They, apologies for the bluntness, but yeah, he was awful. The you Broncos, said, the Broncos as a whole, just completely sucked. But then, but then again, the game script was just not where it needed to be. But <sighs> here's your quote: "Rolling, yeah. with, rolling with Javante, but I still have reservations about it. Yeah, I have, have Daryl going in two other places, so I won't fight too hard. It's true." It's true. I did reap the reward of Darrell Williams elsewhere, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be enough to get me wins. Well, also, the rest of our team didn't wasn't great either. Well, that that is also part of it is that, you know, I don't feel too terrible given our team sucked. But if Derrick Henry puts up a 40 tonight and we lose because we didn't start Darrell Williams. Oh, yeah, I would be salty. <laughs> well, we have Julio Jones, at least. Yeah, we're going to we're, we're going to trust Julio to do anything productive. Well, at least get two points. If Derrick Henry gets 40 and. If Derrick Henry gets 40 
We need a seven from Julio Jones. 7.5. Do I trust try. Julio to 7.5? No. Not really. No, I don't. But we'll, cro- we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Unfortunately, Derek Henry doesn't play the Jaguars. So he's not going to score three touchdowns. Shit. I know he used up all his three touchdowns last week. Ah, shit. Ah, it's okay. It's all right. We we move. We move. A lot of a lot of running back news though to uh, to talk about, and I think that's kind of where uh, a lot of people are going to want the uh, the bulk of this to go. You know, with injuries to Antonio Gibson, injuries to Kareem Hunt, further injury to Christian McCaffrey. It's a lot. A lot to kind of go, go the- in on. And Nick Chubb being uh, inactive this past week. Yeah, and there is a, there is some some news that I have about about Chubb. So I mean, it just depends on where you want to start. Which, which guy do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the Washington Football Team? You want to talk about the Browns? Or you want to talk about uh, McCaffrey? I mean, you know, it's just a lot of backup running backs. Also, you're going to come at me for this after I basically gave you James Robinson. I'm still going to lose. That's, if I was yeah. going to win, I, if I was going to win, I'd be, I'd be more uh, more thankful. <laughs> oh, and then the Baltimore situation as well with uh, with Lat Murray potentially facing uh, multi week absence. Yep, all the oh. journeyman running backs scored for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, even Josh and Josh Jacobs scored too. Yeah, but Kenny and Drake had most had the most points in that game. Yeah, yeah, two total touchdowns for uh, for Kenny and Drake. Top ten running back of the week, Kenny and Drake. Yep. That's a name. I mean, I haven't seen that in a while. Neither have I. All right, let's just talk about the football team because I think people are going to be, I don't know if it's the most um, prevailing issue, but it's up there because this is, I don't know, Antonio Gibson's been kind of shaky all season. So it's good if you ha- if you pick J.D. McKissick as his handcuff because you'll be reaping the rewards because we know that J.D. McKissick is a good guy. As far as, especially in PPR, because he is good out of the backfield, and he has been that guy for the for the football team, even when Antonio Gibson was on the field. Yeah, this this is definitely the um, if you're looking for a running back sort of week, this is this is the week because you're going to have multiple guys to potentially go and pick up starting here in 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 Washington with JD McKissick. And yet he qualifies for the waiver show. He's owned in 46.2% of leagues. That's probably going to change by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely going to, to change. No doubt about it. But, you know, there could be a case made that in PPR leagues, he's probably the number one running back to go and pick up this week. I probably would agree. I haven't done my uh, my waiver ranks just yet because I'm waiting for this Sunday night, uh, Sunday night, for Monday night game to end. But, um, I would assume that Jamie McKissick is going to be very, very close to being top of the running back ads for the week. But as far as I know, the latest that I've heard with Antonio Gibson is that he did undergo an MRI today for that calf injury. And there is talk that potentially Antonio Gibson could be missing a couple of weeks with that calf injury. They play the Packers, the Broncos, then they have a bye, and then they come back week 10 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's probably a good return date for Gibson to expect that you're probably looking at week 10 against Tampa after their bye when Gibson will be back for, for Washington. So you probably get two, two games out of Adam McKissick, which shouldn't be too bad. No. And I mean, if McKissick, 
like he was he's been pretty solid like it's been every other week for McKissick but you know in weeks one three or no actually it was two four and six so week two against the Giants 20.3 week four against Atlanta 16.9 and then week six this past week against Kansas City 19.0 so yeah well he's gonna He's going to be the guy. It's going to be him. And I think it's going to be rookie uh, Jared Peterson as well that are going to Jared Patterson, I believe it is, excuse me, um, that we'll see most of the time for uh, for Washington when, uh, in that backfield. But I would expect to see a lot more of, of, of McKissick. So if you are in the 47% of leagues that have McKissick, Adam, I believe is what you said. Yeah. 46, 47% of leagues. Okay. Um, yeah. McKissick is going to be a guy now that I think he could probably pencil in as an RB2 so to speak, uh, going forward, especially especially uh, next week, going up against uh, going up against Green Bay. I think that's a, a really good matchup, especially when we just saw Khalil Herbert uh, have a really really good day against them. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, let's talk about let's just talk about all the backup running backs at this point. Sure. You know, you got Khalil Herbert having a big day. Kenyon Drake. I mean, I don't know if he's a backup per se. He's a an RB. I would I would call him a backup. I would I would definitely call him back up. I mean, considering uh, last week, Kenyon Drake, the last two weeks, really, Kenyon Drake has done nothing. So yeah, I would I would call him a backup. Kenyon Drake, you know, Alex Collins um, did well against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, after they decided they had to run the ball in the second half. Yes, because Gino is just not that guy. No, he he really isn't. Um, as I mentioned before, you have all of the Baltimore journeymen. Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell scoring touchdowns against uh, the Chargers. Yeah, I, I want to stop there for a second with uh, the injury now to Latavius Murray. There are reports now that are saying Latavius Murray is going to be out until after their week eight bye. So he'll be out next week versus Cincinnati. Then they have their bye in week eight. And then it's possible that he's back week nine against Minnesota with a mid ankle sprain is what they're calling it, I believe, from, from what I've heard. So if it is uh, going to be a two-week absence if we're including their bye for Latavius Murray. The handcuff there is Devonta Freeman. Handcuff there is Devonta Freeman. The question is, though, if it's only going to be one game, two weeks for Latavius Murray, how much fab do you really want to commit to Devonta Freeman to go and get him? The answer for me is I'm not spending more than 5% of my budget. He's just not someone that I want to go get. I understand the matchup for Cincinnati may look enticing, but then again, I'm not quite sure that you want to go and allocate more fab towards that Baltimore backfield. You gotta, you gotta remember, J.K. Dobbins started out as the guy. He goes down. Mad rush to go get Gus Edwards. Maybe you use a bulk of fab on him. He goes down. Tyson Williams, next guy up. Use a bulk of fab on him. He's now out of the picture. Latavius Murray signs. You go and use a boatload of fab on him. Le'Veon Bell signs there. You go. Maybe you spend a dollar or two there. It all adds up. It all adds up. So there's a good chance that there's someone out there, maybe someone that drafted J.K. Dobbins, that has spent 25 to 30% of their entire fab budget, if not more, just trying to figure out who the number one guy is for this Baltimore backfield. My advice to those people is just stay away. Stay away. If you have Lat Murray and you need to go get Devonta Freeman, do it. Just be reasonable. Be reasonable. because That's probably going to be a one-game fix for you because considering they have their buy, in two weeks yeah i mean at that point just try and get somebody else 
like a Janie McKissick if he's available. Or, you know, I think somebody like Ramondre Stevenson, who had another pretty solid week. He's or, a back, he's a backup too, though. Yeah. He's I know. a backup too, though. But the matchup next week is fantastic. And you know, I, I you'll you'll hear me talk about Damian Harris at some point this week because yeah, against the Jets. Yeah. Fuck the Pats. At home. At home too. Ooh. Fuck the Pats. Yeah. But also, I mean, another guy, you know, let's keep going on this train. Who is the is it Demetric Felton? He's the 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 third string gonna be the starter now for Cleveland with that's Hunt gonna be the guy. Chubb. Yep. Well, well, yeah, let's talk about the Cleveland situation. So Kareem Hunt place on IR. It's going to be a three week minimum absence for Hunt. So anybody, everyone that was hoping for, you know, Nick Chubb to get hurt. So Kareem Hunt can have his time. Got that this week. Kareem Hunt goes down. Now all the Nick Chubb people are saying, please, God, Nick Chubb, come back. That's the monkey paw curls. Exactly. Here's what I know. And here's what I've heard. So Kevin Stefanski came out today, Monday, and said that Nick Chubb will not be placed on injured reserve, leaving the opportunity for him to return Thursday night. What I've heard is that the injury that Nick Chubb sustained is not considered serious that Kevin Stefanski believed that it was best to hold Nick Chubb out to not play him. So that way he would be available for Thursday on a short week. Kevin Stefanski came to the thought process that it was better to give Chubb a rest and not necessarily have him be playing on a bad groin Sunday and then Thursday. This is what I've heard. Now that there's the injury now to hunt, there is the possibility that Chubb gets rushed back. The potential for that. What do I believe is going to happen? Me personally. That'll just make things worse if they rush Chubb back. Right. What I think is going to happen is I think that this is going to be Demetric Felton's spot for one week. And that they give Chubb, they give Hunt. Well, Hunt, they already are giving him the next three weeks. But I think they give Chubb the game Thursday, and then they have 10 days to recover, do what they got to do, and then get Nick Chubb ready to go for Pittsburgh. That's what smart money would say that they do. Yeah. What do I think they do? I think Nick Chubb plays Thursday, which if that's the case, then every Nick Chubb a fantasy manager on this planet is going to be rejoicing that maybe Nick Chubb is going to see a lot of time I don't know. I don't know. Smart money. If the the Browns are smart about this, they say, you know what? It's not worth it. Give Demetri Felton the opportunity for a week and then have Nick Chubb ready to go for Cleveland or for uh, Pittsburgh in 10 days time. That's the smart move. I think, I mean, is there any team that is in a worse situation injury wise heading into a Thursday night game this so far this season than Cleveland? No. No, this is a disaster. This is a disaster. But it could be good news to open things up in the passing game, which could be good for Odell. With Baker Mayfield's bum shoulder? Yeah, that's another problem. That is another problem entirely. And 
you know, the, the rumor has it that he's going to keep playing through this injury. Another dumb decision. It's non-throwing, so it, it, it's not super impactful on on Baker's ability necessarily. But yeah, it, it it definitely is a problem because it's not like you know, oh, pain free. He's in pain. He's playing. He's playing through it. He's trying. Whether it's to. your left, yeah. So I'm left-handed, but mm-hmm. if if I'm a quarterback and my right arm is in a massive amount of pain, then it's still going to affect. Even though it's not going to biologically affect my throwing with my, with my left arm, my yeah. throwing motion, it's still going to mentally affect you because you're going to feel it. You don't just move your left arm to throw the ball or your right arm, whatever, to throw a ball. You use your entire body. Direct. Direct. That's spot on. Spot on. Yeah. By the way, but, Mika, Mika just scored like the weirdest fucking goal I've ever seen in my entire life. Love it. Like the lamp, baby. Um, moving on to Carolina, with the whole Christian McCaffrey nonsense. Another three weeks out for McCaffrey. It's not good. This is like deja vu all over again. You know, you just got to keep starting Chuba Hubbard. Simple as that. You know, it sucks if you uh, if you drafted McCaffrey number one overall. This might be a lesson learned for a lot of people, you know, after this year that have McCaffrey. And then after last year, you know, just kind of wipe their hands clean with McCaffrey and just kind of be like, you know, okay, that's, uh, that's kind of all she wrote there. But the schedule in the next two weeks for – Chuba Hubbard is fantastic. Giants, Atlanta, they go up to New England to take on the Patriots. And then McCaffrey is eligible to come back week 10 against the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if he does. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a deep, deep injury week. No way. And... Bird, they don't, they're home against New England. Oh, they're home against New England. I apologize. The Jets and Patriots. With the intercon, the reason I know this is the Jets and Patriots are in the same like home and away thing with the, with the interconference schedules. Mm-hmm. So the Jets were went to uh, Carolina, so the Patriots are too. My apologies, my apologies. Yes, they are. Okay. The Panthers are at home versus New England, which is good for for Chuba. So I have a hypothetical for. I know we don't have like a lot of time, but I have a hypothetical for you for next year. Yeah, sure, actually. sure. Where would you pick Christian McCaffrey? Next year, oh, I mean that's a tough question to ask after you know with week six. I know. Um, I would say it depends on scoring. For me, the number one pick for next year has got to be Derrick Henry. I think a lot I mean, of people pro- are going to be saying that he probably should have been the number one pick this year. If we were being really honest about it, I would probably say third third or second. It just depends on who you have more faith in Dalvin cook or McCaffrey. I think if I had a number two pick, I think I would be taking Dalvin cook just because I've not had Dalvin cook in a long time. And I really would love to have a number two pick next year. We're talking about next year already. God, but yeah, I, I, for me, I, I've the, he would be the number three pick in fantasy next year in just standard redraft leagues. Yeah. McCaffrey okay. would be number three. So non PPR, you mean, uh, non PPR, half PPR, PPR. He'll be my number three pick. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be Henry Cook, McCaffrey. Henry Cook, McCaffrey. Yeah. And then probably Kamara, and then whoever. Um, no, no, it would it wouldn't be Kamara for me at four. I think I'd be putting Austin Eckler or Jonathan Taylor at four. Probably Eckler. In PPR though. Even in half, even in half, non, I would probably say Taylor. Okay. 
not, I would probably, I would probably say Taylor. Okay. Um, so many, so many injuries, so many backup running backs, so many things to talk about. It's crazy. Um, you know, the bears situation, you know, Damian Williams is out for this week due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Claire Herbert might've played his way into a bigger role now. Cue the mess. And, you know, the Bears are going to Tampa Bay next week. Mm-hmm. That was the game where Tom Brady forgot where down it was last year. Yep. That was fun. Uh, that was a, yeah, it was a fun Thursday night game. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So we got that. And I guess that's really all you got to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all, uh, that's all I got for, uh, for the running backs. I mean. I mean, now, if you want to go into the uh, the receivers, we can uh, we can just start it off with the Michael Thomas news that uh, that started off the day. Yes, he is eligible to come off IR. Eligible to come off IR, but there are reports that he may not be ready until after week eight or nine. So it's still going to be a couple more weeks for Michael Thomas, even though he is eligible to come off IR. I think the plan for the Saints is probably going to be to designate him to return, but I don't think it's going to be something where he is immediately activated this week. So it's going to be a little, a little bit more patience for those that have Michael Thomas. But if you're on a team that is, you know, if you're after this week, you're sitting at maybe four and two or, or three and three, you have the opportunity to, to, to kind of sit and wait for, for Thomas. But if you're sitting at two and four, one and five, yeah, you got to think about making a move and getting rid of Michael Thomas because you have to start winning now. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't know how many people really drafted Michael Thomas. I mean, I drafted Michael Thomas. Really? Yeah, he was he was an eighth round pick in a lot of places. Yeah, interesting. An eighth round pick for a guy that you're basically saying fuck it to half the season. He was better than a lot of eighth round eighth round guys that were there. I mean, yeah, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'll just I'll just go back and I'll look at the look at the guys that were that were available taking a trip down down memory lane. Wow, I'm when actually I am surprised. He was owned he's owned in 85% of leagues. So yeah, I'm not surprised. It was uh, so I took Michael Thomas top around nine. Yes, Debo, Debo, who I was never taking, so rule that out. AB I could have had, but I had AB in a couple spots already, so I wasn't taking him. Uh, Lavisca Chenault, no. Curtis Samuel, no. Cole Beasley, no. Chark, no. Marvin Jones, maybe. Hollywood, eh. that could have been one. Marquez Calloway, no. Jalen Waddle never was taking. Michael Pittman, eh, maybe. Elijah Moore, no. Henry Ruggs, no. Mike Williams in round 13. Ugh, that's painful to see. Russell Gage, no. Darnell Mooney, no. Mikko Hardman, no. Jalen Rieger, no. Will Fuller, no. Devontae Parker, no. And then it was Jacoby Myers in round 16. It was the last receiver taken. So basically... Basically, I saw an opportunity to take Michael Thomas, and I took it. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people would have. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But basically, when Michael Thomas comes back, he's slotting in as my wide receiver three. 
Yeah. Because I can't do it with Allen Robinson anymore. So Michael Thomas is going to, is going to be a guy that's going to be thrusted right into a lineup. Oh, you really can't do it with Allen Robinson anymore. Jesus. He is not, I, I feel so bad. Please not, God, Chicago trade him. Please God. I mean, he hasn't hit double digits since week two against Cincinnati. Nope. He needs to be dealt, please. And that was also the last time that he scored. Last and only time that he scored. Yeah. He 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 needs he needs to be on another team. I mean, it's as simple as that. They need to please God, please God, just end that misery. Um but I do I do actually have a couple of guys that I that I want to uh to talk about. So uh the big one is Jalen Waddle and I guess this is what happens when your college uh, when your college buddy comes back and uh, and just feeds you the rock. Thirteen targets, ten catches, two touchdowns for for Jalen Waddle. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be startable every week, but if you're of the belief that you know you're going to see what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been doing, and now you bring Tua back into the fold, and Jalen Waddle has been there. I mean, it's going to be hard. it's going to be really hard not to start Jalen Waddle next week. <laughs> that's for that's for damn sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, they play. Oh my God, they play Atlanta next week. Yeah, you're starting Jalen Waddle next week. At home. At home. Yeah, you're starting Jalen Waddle next week. Who am I fucking uh, kidding? It's like the Florida Georgia game, but in the pros. Yeah, yeah, you're you're starting Jalen Waddle next week. A, a million bazillion percent. That is that is the the easiest easiest call of all time. That, Lock of the century. Lock of the century, yes, that Jalen Waddle is going to be starting for a lot of teams next week. Um, one guy that might actually be starting for a lot of teams next week, just because you saw that he had really good chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, and that's Marvin Jones. I mean, he should have been starting for teams anyway, because Marvin Jones has been the number one receiver for, for Jacksonville all year. Yeah, but the, going into this week, he had 5.4 points against Cincinnati and then 3.5 against Tennessee. And even in like two week, even in Arizona or at home against Arizona in week three at 12.2, like he was trending down, but now in this game, he was amazing. He had a, that touchdown catch that he had was incredible. Well, I think the entire Jags offense had been trending down for guys that were not named James Robinson. You know, people were down on Trevor. I mean, there are people who thought about starting Trevor this week, and they saw that there was no, there was no Xavier Howard, no Byron Jones, and they maybe had said, "Oh, okay, this is an opportunity to start Trevor." And I mean, Trevor was solid. I'm not gonna say he was great by any means, but yeah, he was he was solid. Jags won the game, so that that that's something. Um, well, if they called that touchback right, then, then maybe they wouldn't have. True, very true. Um, Dan Arnold was terrible. Hopefully, hopefully, he didn't uh, start him. So. If you did, Jake and I apologize for that one. Um, but yeah, I think I think just going forward, you know, it's it's take, trying to take advantage of the really good matchups that that Jacksonville have, and you know, if they, if they go up against Houston, then that's an opportunity to play Marvin Jones. But I don't know if you're really going to you know want to rely on Marvin Jones going forward. You know, I don't think that's one that I would want to you know personally rely on. Yeah, I I get that. I definitely get that. Um, other. Interesting names in the top five. Donovan Peoples-Jones of the Cleveland Browns. 
26.1. Again, it's, it's basically everybody but Odell Beckham. <laughs> I know. I mean, everybody but somebody put out like a missing persons report for Odell Beckham Jr. Really? I mean, ay, ay, ay. I, I, I really wonder how long it's going to be until people just start dropping Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, he's owning 89.8% of leagues. It's happening now. It's happening now. I'm surprised. Yeah, he's dropped. I'm surprised, but I'm not. Right. Yeah, and also, I mean, speaking of receivers that wear orange, I mean, kind of a come down for Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, it was his first not great game of the year. Basically. Well, actually, he had the exact same score against Jacksonville, and he had 13.4 points against Chicago in full point PPR. So maybe not, but still. It was, it's, it's a solid enough week. You know, I don't think, you know, did Jamar Chase necessarily do what, you, what he was expected to do against the Lions? No. But Devontae Adams did it neither. And I don't think anybody's really panicking about Devontae Adams. No, I don't think so. And also that game, that that game was over by the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was very much, very much over by the end of the first quarter. I mean, the Lions just had nothing, nothing. And this is like, this is the year that you don't want to be taking quarterback because they are not a lot. I mean, the guy, the guy that everyone was talking about. You know, coming in, well, really the two were Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler. Howell has not looked good, and Rattler got benched for a guy that might win the Heisman. Allegedly, oh, stop that. Allegedly, according stop to stop that. According to all the hot take artists in college football, there you go. That's better. Caleb Jones will win the Heisman. That'd be a hell of a story if he did. Hell of a story if he did. Hopefully, hopefully it's not uh it's not Stetson Bennett. Cool name though. Great name. Great name, plays for a great team. I think I mean if I if I do this is like not a hipster thing to say. Put Alabama in the top four, one versus four, Georgia versus Alabama in the college football playoff. Yes, please. Got After it. they play in the SC championship game, oh, yes, please. But if Georgia beat Alabama in the SC championship game, then Alabama are out, which is good because fuck them, which is great for all parties involved. Yes, yes, because fuck them, because fuck them. <laughs> in the words of my co host Adam Castor, because fuck them. I, yeah, I just don't like Nick Saban. Really, you don't like Nick Saban? No, I never could have guessed. Nope. Never could have guessed he would have some sort of disdain for Nick Saban. No, I really just don't like Bryce Young. No, of course, I don't like Nick Saban. No, uh, Bryce Young is a good candidate to win the Heisman too. Yeah, it's a good another good shot to win the Heisman. But once uh, again, Alabama, such a such nice players, such likable players, such an asshole of a head coach. Just one asshole that ruins it for everybody else. He's an evil genius. He's an evil genius. He's simple definitely as, he's evil simple as that. Um, I have a question for you before we move on to the uh, to the tight ends. 
Uh, is Adam Thielen back in the good graces? Um, that's a good question. I don't know what to make of this Vikings team. Neither do I. As far as Kirk Cousins, as far as the receivers, I mean, KJ Osborne caught the game-winning touchdown. Here we go. Cue up, cue up the KJ Osborne hype train once again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Thielen had a really great game. JJ had an okay game. Once again, speaking of uh, young receivers on a come down, but even then, JJ's had a really good season. You know, is this game in the week one at Cincinnati where it was kind of underwhelming? But uh, yeah. I mean, you got to look at it this way, though. I mean, Kirk Cousins missed Justin Jefferson on a wide open touchdown. Like, I know that if that ball is underthrown by two yards, Justin Jefferson walks in for a touchdown and he has a monster, monster day. So it was, it really was just a matter of, of shitty luck, to be quite honest, with Justin Jefferson and, and how his day ended up. Um, he got 14 targets in the day. He's not going to be someone that, you know, you're going to be panicking about. It's going to be a high volume offense. No doubt about it. Thielen's going to get you? his. Jefferson's going to get his. Dalvin Cook's going to get his. And Kirk Cousins is going to be the the, uh, the guy It's going to be picking who gets theirs at what time. So okay. in terms of the most steady guy for this offense, it's probably going to be Justin Jefferson. Probably. I mean, I agree. I, yeah, it's the, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Just take out Stefan Diggs and replace him with Justin Jefferson. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Control C, control, control C, Control V. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, yeah. And then now you have the wild card of KJ Osborne in the mix. But also, speaking of wild cards, you know who caught their first touchdown and their first pass of the season? Who? An an old friend who plays for the Vikings. Who may or may not have been traded for to the Vikings? Chris Herndon. He did. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. Is this is this a segue into talking about the tight ends? Yeah, I think you should pick up Chris Herndon. I think you should so, spend 75 percent of your fab on Chris Herndon. So do me a favor. Talk about the tight ends. Yes. And I need to check something. Please hold. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, Chris Herndon, spend all your fab on Chris Herndon, please. But in all, all the series, fab. All the fab. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, it was a good week for tight ends. Noah Fant back again, 24.7. Mike Kosicki had a great day. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews did their usual bit. Uh, even a bounce back from TJ Hawkinson, which is always good to see. Yes? Adam? I can't believe this. Okay. We have an immaculate stat line. I thought it was two yards for Chris Herndon. It was not Chris Herndon. I was looking to see if it was Chris Herndon. It's not. But in the process of looking, I found an immaculate stat line. Oh. You, do you have any guesses as to who it could be? I'll give you a hint. It's a tight end. Well, I figured. Oh, Chris Herndon was so close. He was so close. An immaculate stat line. I almost want to look, just look at the stats and see if I can pick it out. Oh, no, it wasn't. No. 
I thought it was Blake Jarwin, but he had two targets. That still counts. Does it, though? Yeah, one catch for one yard for one touchdown. That counts. But the Yeah, I guess. I guess. I thought we were going off of the, he needs to have one target, too. No, that's that's like that's, a true immaculate stat line. That's like the perfect stat line. There's like a you know, there's a difference between a no hitter and a perfect game. True. Okay, fair. Fair. Okay, so this is like a no hitter. Yes. Blake Jarwin. One catch, one yard, one touchdown. Blake Jarwin, welcome to the club, taking after his uh his idol, Logan Paulson. Yes. The beautiful score line. We're looking for seven point one fantasy points. That's the best stat line. That's the best it's perfect. Total. It's it's true perfection. In full point PPR, it would be yes. seven point one. Yes. Non PPR would be six point. Yes. Seven point seven point one is the number. Okay. So what? Yeah, I was talking about tight ends and uh, Hogginson. You know, it's funny. God I, damn it, Adam! We had one last week too. We. This is a perfect game. This is a perfect fucking game. Was it? Who was it? Jacob Hollister. One catch for one yard. For one touchdown on one target. Jacob Hollister is still in the league? He is still in the league for Jacksonville. Yep. Oh. Why God, we've been missing out on the on the, on the immaculate stat lines. This is a fucking disgrace. What we should do is we should make an app that alerts you every time there is an immaculate stat line. I agree. It would be a smash hit. But anyway, before we went on, I told you I wanted to talk about some breaking news, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. And then I looked at the tight ends and I said, you know, I just remembered what the breaking news was. Guess what? Zach Ertz is what? Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a what? Zach Ertz was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. After Zach. Max Williams's season-ending injury, Zach Ertz is the top ten tight end the rest of the year. Yeah, that's what that is. And Zach Ertz, you're picking him up if he's yep. available. You're picking him up. Yep. If you have need at tight end, absolutely. He is a top ten tight end the rest of the way. And you know he qualifies for the waiver show, but he won't by the by Wednesday. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a one week member of the waiver show club. He yeah, pick up go pick up Zach Ertz. He is uh, yeah, top ten tight end rest of the way. Otherwise, it wasn't really a banner week for tight ends. No, it wasn't. If you picked up Ricky Seals Jones, you played him. Congratulations, you got the you got a good week there. Um, if you listened to me and you picked up Hunter Henry and you started Hunter Henry against Dallas. Congratulations, you got a touchdown there because Dallas just cannot stop the tight end position. And then Dallas, after their bye, let's see who Dallas plays. They play the Vikings. Ooh, okay, so it's Tyler Conklin. Pick up Tyler Conklin, stash him, and then play him in two weeks. I think because you I Chris Herndon. Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin. That's, that's the guy. Um. If you roll the dice on OJ Howard, then Mazel Tov. I can guarantee you not many did. Yeah, 1.7% of people did. Well, that's how many 0.4% of people started him. 
0.4% people start. Congratulations. Those are very brave people. Very um, or very desperate, depending. TJ Hawkinson finally did something. I did say that. Jared Cook did. did pretty well as well. Yep. Pre- uh, Darren Pat Waller Fryermuth. is still kind of in the shitter. Yeah. Pat Fryermuth for Pittsburgh, looking like a new age Heath Miller. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to talk about Darren Waller, if, if you don't mind. Oh, no, I don't. He's been a five-catch guy since week two. Is he a buy low or is he a guy that you just want to stay away from because he's a member of the Raiders? Well, I don't think the – okay. I, I need to be careful with, with what I'm about to say because it might be taken out of context. Okay. I was going to say I don't think the Raiders are going to – I don't think the Raiders are as toxic as we think they are, but they are probably. Yeah. I don't think the offense – is as toxic as we think it is. Yeah, I think it's fair. No, I think I think it's, I don't think it's taken out of context. I think it's a good point. No, whatever, because all this stuff. No, I, yeah. I, I I understand what you're saying. I, I think you make a good point. Believe me, I, I, would, I would be the first one to tell you if, if what you're saying is out of line. I don't think what you're saying is out of line at all. Usually you are. True. And, and by the way, CJ, CJ Ozama, for all those who hated on me for – not giving CJ Ozama uh, any credit after he had a massive game. He scored this week for those people. Oh, go rush. Go pick him up. Go pick him up right now. Right now. Go pick him up. Go pick him up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, it's a tight end position. You know, what else? What else is there really to say? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about, actually, the Steelers' tight end position? Because, you know – it seems like Pat Fryermuth is getting like a lot more targets than Ebron is. But Look, Ebron's, I mean, I, Ebron's I, I, view, I view them the same way as I view um, as I view the receivers. It, it's if you're starting them, you're hoping that you're going to just get the right guy at the right week. You know. Does I think Eric Ebron? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Eric Ebron might have gotten kind of an immaculate stat line, except it's even more rare because as a tight end, he had one carry for one yard for a touchdown. That's potential. Yeah. Except he, he did have two catches for 10 yards. So it kind uh, of no, it. Nope. It's not it. It's not it. Logan Paulson would be ashamed. Yeah. All right. Well, and also, I mean, just as far as tight ends that have fallen off the map, I mean, Robert Tunyon, pour one out for those who drafted Robert Tunyon. Yeah. Well, we saw this coming. Yeah. Pour one out for those who drafted Evan Hingram. And yeah. honestly, who knows with Tyler Higby as well and Cole Komet and guys like that. Oh, Cole Komet. Remember when I left him? Yeah. Sad time. Sad time. All right. Well, anyway, do you want to preview Monday night or does it matter? I mean, it's nah, we don't have it's to considering this will, this will come out in 20 minutes. And by the time people listen to this, they'll probably, yeah, the game will probably be over. So, all right, go, go football. Go for no points. Nine, six bills, touchdown, safety, defense. Rams chiefs, 2018. Pardon. No, fuck that. 
54 to 51. Derrick Henry gets four touchdowns and Stefan Diggs gets four touchdowns. No, 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 no dicks. No dicks. Nope. Nope. I'll be calling I'll be calling dicks some phrases. So here's what happens. Yeah. Josh Allen stubs his toe. Granted. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky comes in, throws five touchdowns to Stefan Diggs. No, that fucked me. I still lose. Oh, still? I'd still no. Actually. Six. That depends on it depends on, on the no, I would still lose. Yeah, because you would have the yardage. Unless it's uh, six catches for six yards and five touchdowns. That would be a sextuple immaculate stat line. That would be something special. Or actually, it would be a no, it would be five catches for five yards for five touchdowns, which would be a quintuple immaculate It would be stat a quintuple. Line. Yes. Sextuple would be six. It would be a quintuple immaculate stat line. Yep. And that way I wouldn't lose. So that is allowed. Okay. That very specific situation. That very specific situation is allowed. Yes. Fair enough. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow or Wednesday when we do when we do the waiver show. And we'll talk to you about all of the great waiver ads to add for this upcoming week, week seven, especially since the bipocalypse is upon us. The bipocalypse is nigh. Yes. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Ancaster, and we'll talk to you next time. Let's go football. Bye-bye.